I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of everyone's favorite Hollywood-centered podcast. It's Holly Shook! Out of how many, Rye? How many Hollywood-centered podcasts are there? Well, depends if you consider, like, movie podcasts, Mm. reality TV podcasts, regular TV podcasts. There's probably a lot of, like, Hollywood-esque podcasts. So there's hundreds, and we're the best. We're number one. We are number one, our everyone's favorite, and possibly the only one that has no structure and absolutely no through line. You it's say kinda... that all the time, but our through line is scandal. Our through line is our many recurring segments. Our through line is our many segments that we introduce for one time and one time only. True. That's our through line. We do have a sturdy backbone to this podcast. I believe it. True. I think it started off maybe a little more um, focused. And then we were just like, there's just too much to talk about. We can't, we were being confined by being focused and we thrive when we're unfocused. That's the crux of it. You know, history was a great parameter for us and we still delve into Holly Shook history. In fact, today we're going to talk a little bit of Hollywood, Holly Shook history. Mm-hmm. but too much happens on a day-to-day basis when it comes to celebrity scandal, and that means we just had to get wild with it. We had to open up the floodgates, if you will, and you know what? Structure be damned. Structure do be damned is what I've always said. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of history today. We have also a personal um, celebrity interaction that we'll kind of get tied into today so lots to look forward to um oh right you teased this before the podcast for a second i was like what (laughs) but you did tease this before we started the podcast i know what you're talking about now i don't know the full story though actually yeah i haven't told you what it is yet but one of the celebrities that we were talking about on this day's episode i had a recent interaction with so it was kind of weird that we're also going to talk about him today but we'll get to that, to that later. It's so worth sticking around for, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I think first off, we're going to get started with our, I guess, continuous scandal. Like, almost college admission-ish, where we like kind of keep updating you guys. This is maybe our, our new, our new college, college admission scandal. It's Ellen. And I will not read the title of this segment. Absolutely not. Well, I it's, named it, so I should say it, right? Yeah, it's awful. Ellen apologizes. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate it when I wrote it. So it was awesome when I saw you jump into the Google Docs, which almost never happens, by the way. I forgot we had Google Docs. So that's a little BTS for you. We have a little Google Drive set up where we can share docs, a.k.a. I share docs with Rye, a.k.a. I share docs with Rye, that he never opens. Mm-hmm. And this was the one time I had ever shared a doc with him and then, you know, seen him actually pop in and look through it. You know, for those who don't know how Google Docs work, you could share it with other people, and if they are in the document, which then becomes like a living document, they can make edits and whatnot, you can see when they are in the doc and where they are 
like scrolling through it. So I see him pop in and immediately I could see Ryan put his um, cursor. Uh, You're cursor. looking for the cursor. <laughs> put his cursor in the Ellen apologizes headline. So I just type in, sorry for this headline, lol. And I ignored it because no amount of apologies will forgive me. Will let me forgive you for typing that. Um, uh, that was your TED Talk on Google Docs. And I think we need to update the people on Ellen being back on the air. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies, if you will, <sighs> for this late segment because Ellen uh, did come back on to the air on September 21st. You know, we're recording this in the first week of October. So we're a little late, but there actually was an update on Ellen this morning, Rye. So I'm glad we waited because this is a crucial update and I can't wait to get to it. But we have to start with the premiere of season 18. And that is Ellen DeGeneres apologizing. Should I just get into the quotes, Rye, and then you could react to them? Get into it. Okay, so she said, quote, As you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment at our show. And then there was an investigation. I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously, and I want to say I am so sorry to the people who were affected. I know that I'm in a position of privilege and power, and I realized that with that comes responsibility. And I take responsibility for what happens at my show. This is the Ellen DeGeneres show. I am Ellen DeGeneres. Thanks for the reminder. My name is there. My name is there. My name is on underwear. We have had a lot of... (laughs) That's worse than anything I've ever said or written, Ryan. That was the worst part of this whole apology was the underwear joke. Like, oh, God. And she's paid tens of millions of dollars a year to write jokes. We have had a lot of conversations over the last few weeks about the show, our workplace, and what we want for the future. We have made the necessary changes, and today we are starting a new chapter. So there is more, Rye, but let's start with that quote right there. What did you take away from it, aside from the fact that Ellen DeGeneres' name is apparently on underwear? It used to be like, I don't know, I just remember she used to give people underwear with her name on it all the time. And I was like, why is this a gig? Wait, why is that is a thing? Yes. Uh, she literally gives like her celebrity guests underwear with Ellen on, on it. Like the name Ellen. Like that used to be her whole thing. Well, it wasn't her whole thing, but it was like a big part of her thing. <laughs> that was the whole fucking show was her passing around <laughs> underwear with her name on it. I just remember she would like, like Justin Bieber would always come like he's, you know how he's always on the show. He would like come and be like, look what I'm wearing and like pull his pants down and like show his underwear. And it was like all the teenage girls would freak out. And then one time like Zac Efron did it and all the gay guys freaked out. It came myself. So like it was a like he would she would always give celebrities underwear with her, their name on it. And That's then, actually but, a genius guerrilla marketing strategy. It's like not bad, but I'm just like, why are you bringing like why of all the things is that? what you're going to bring into your apology. Like, and she like paused for like the virtual audience to laugh. And I was just like, ugh, I hate it here. The virtual audience for me was like the, it was too much. 
And the jokes weren't funny enough. Like, that underwear joke wasn't funny. So it was, like, she paused for laughter. But there was just, like, a couple of, like, people on video screens being, like, <laughs> Like, it was just so awkward. Um, other than that really uncomfortable moment, um, she never, like, really owns up to it. I don't know. I, I just, it didn't, it didn't feel heartfelt to me. It just felt like very, like, I know I have to say something. And she also just keeps going back to that whole idea that it wasn't really her, but she only has to take responsibility because, well, she's the face of the show. Right. Like she said, I learned that things happen here that should have never happened. Not that, oh, these things were happening and I ignored them for years and years and years. I enabled yeah. this terrible behavior from some of my executive producers. How could I let it happen? I shouldn't have let it happen. I'm wrong and I'm sorry. No, she won't take ownership. And obviously this is the first time she has actually spoken up about what happened, but we did get her like what was it? Was it a written apology to her staff? Like yeah, an email she, or some shit? She sent a weird email that didn't help like i feel it was when they were like you can you now get your birthday off <laughs> like that was her whole like thing thinking it would help um but in that email she shared the same sentiment basically like i can't believe that this was happening right i had no idea but obviously i'm burdened now with taking the responsibility nobody buys that or people buy it and they're being gullible and naive i'm sorry but you cannot be Ellen DeGeneres and not know that your EPs are pulling the shit that they were pulling. And there were people who came out and said Ellen DeGeneres was present for a lot of this toxic workplace bullshit. Right. And even if she wasn't like in the room, she basically contradicts herself by being like, I'm in position of power and privilege. It's like, if you were if you're as powerful as you say you are in the show with it being your namesake, then you know what goes on. You can't have it be that your name is the show and not at least be aware of everything going on. But after seventeen seasons, she just learned it this summer. Right. So first time hearing that. Obviously, she is saying this because she still wants to protect her kind, perfect human being image, which she addressed in uh, this apology, she talks about like how that image came to be um, by saying, quote, here's how that happened. I started saying, be kind to one another after a young man named Tyler Clementi took his own life after being bullied for being gay. I thought the world needed more kindness, and it was a reminder that we all needed that. I think we need it more than ever right now. Being known as the be kind lady is a tricky position to be in. So let me give you some advice out there. If anybody's thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname, do not go with the be kind lady. Don't do it. The truth is I am that person that you see on TV. I'm also a lot of other things. Sometimes I get sad. I get mad. I get anxious. I get frustrated. I get impatient. And I'm working on all of that. I'm a work in progress. I'm especially working on the impatience thing. And it's not going well because it's not happening fast enough. I will tell you that. Boo. Another terrible it's like, joke. Whatever. I'm over her bad jokes. I'm a talk show host, and you know that. 
Maybe some of you know I was an actress. I've played a straight woman in movies, so I'm a pretty good actress. But I don't think that I'm that good that I could come out here every day for 17 years and fool you. This is me, and my intention is to always be the best person I can be. If I've ever let someone down, if I've ever hurt their feelings, I am so sorry for that. If that's ever the case, I've let myself down and I've hurt myself as well. I always try to grow as a person. I look at everything that comes into my life as an opportunity to learn. Okay. I have a few thoughts on this, Rye. You'll let me. Throw them at me. She wants to have her cake and eat it too. She wants to still be known as the be kind lady, but she doesn't want the moniker and all the responsibility that comes with it. Right. Because on one hand, she's saying, I'm complicated and I make mistakes too. And I have gotten frustrated and impatient, right? That's her big flaw, I guess. That's her weakness. If she went to a job interview and they said, what's your biggest weakness? She would say, I'm impatient and I just want to be as successful and do the best work possible as quickly as possible. That's, that's my greatest weakness. But at the same time, she's saying, I am this person you see on TV. So which is it? And I get it. She's trying to say, I am this person, but there's a little bit more. And a little bit more is not what was said in the tabloids or even reported by reputable outlets. Let's not call it tabloids, right? There was really good reporting by BuzzFeed on what went down in the workplace behind the scenes, not in front of the cameras, not what you see on TV. And by the way, Ellen DeGeneres being an asshole has been known for like a decade plus. Am I wrong, Ryan? Like, it's something we've talked about for years. It's yeah. pretty well known. Not a big secret. The major revelations were really about the broader toxic work environment, the racism, the sexism, uh, the abuse, the sexual abuse, right? But Ellen DeGeneres being an asshole to people has been well known for a very long time. Right. So all of this is just so phony, and it really just solidifies that she is a phony. Nothing new there, I guess. Uh, she wants to have her cake and eat it too. She wants to be known as the be kind lady, but she doesn't want to actually practice what she preaches, which I get. Because she, she's not kind, so she really can't practice it. Yeah. I also hate, it's the classic, uh, if I've ever hurt someone, if I've ever let someone down, I'm so, so sorry. I'm like, people are saying that you have, so it's not an if, it's you have. So I hate that type of apology. You see it all the time in real life. You see it in shows, like whatever, of, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Like, no, you offended me. Just say sorry. Like, are you sorry you offended me? Or are you sorry that I called you out for offending me? Because there's two different things. Like, these aren't allegations anymore. They're actually people, like, saying it. So for her to still say, if I did that, I'm, like, I do apologize. Not my intention. I'm like, yeah, most of the time people's aren't intentions aren't to hurt someone or let them down or subject them to physical abuse most of the times but it's just the classic non-apology it looks terrible i don't think people bought it i didn't buy it but because of her hubris she can't take ownership of what she's done she can't just say i let a lot of people down i've hurt a lot of people's feelings it wasn't just a report of one or two staffers which, by the way, would still be you know worthy of investigation. 
if I remember correctly, Rye, and we now covered that probably like two months ago, I want to say, so it's been a while. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like three dozen employees or something. It was a lot of employees that came out and said something. This this isn't an outlier. It was the norm. Right. Because there's always, no matter what job you're at, someone's going to hate it. Right. And someone's going to like be rude to you or like whatever, no matter where you are. But with this many people, plus with the longstanding rumors, now confirmed not to be rumors, of Ellen kind of being an asshole, it just all checks out. And it all led up to this monumental moment. And to see it happen in front of a bunch of TV screens of audience members was very chilling. So uh, we got some news that just dropped this week. The ratings are down over 30%, Rye, for the Ellen show. Uh, What do you think about that? Do you think... Let me pose this hypothetical. Do you think if she fully leaned into being the villain, she would have better ratings? Or do you think if she gave a real apology, she'd have better ratings? Because clearly, this strategy was a huge failure, right? So she had to do something different. She didn't, but let's say, hypothetically, um, which one of those would have worked? Would both have worked? What do you think? I would say, I would say honestly, both would have worked better than this. Like, this was such a letdown. I mean, you'd think they would come up with a better angle or a better monologue or at least a couple better jokes because it was so hyped. Like, people wanted to know how she was going to react. And it was just so boring. It was like such a boring apology, non-apology. It was a boring setup. There was just no, nothing interesting about it. I would have liked to seen her just kind of be like, y'all are wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. Talked about it. Defiant Ellen. Defiant Ellen. That would have been fascinating. Could have just done a better apology, actually apologized. That could have worked better. I think people, we've seen it in Hollywood before. It's a forgiving line of work. If if you can get people back on your side again, people will be on your side. So it's not like anyone's ever fully canceled just from one event. So I think she could have handled it so much better and people would have been interested. I also do want to point out she is a daytime talk show host and most of the country is stuck at home during the day more so than normal. And you would think more people would be watching, but... That's just a double whammy on how much people just don't care anymore. 30% is monumental, Rye. Yeah, I agree with you. I think both would have worked. If she came out and was totally delusional, I think people would have been interested in the train wreck of it all. And I think if she came out um, and said, I really, really messed up. I was a terrible human being. I let people down. I hurt people's feelings. I was trash. Confirm that story uh, from that uh, assistant producer or whatever who said that the EP would like yell and bully people and then Ellen would cheer him on. Remember that story? Yeah. Say, yeah, I did that. I loved to watch my employees get abused. But you know what? I'm sorry and I'm changing. Today, all that is behind me. I think people would have given her a second chance. But this wishy-washy like... 
like I, I I have to take responsibility because my name's on the show, but I didn't really do anything. If I did something, I would be sorry, but I'm not sure I really did. Obviously, things happened here, but you can't blame me because I didn't do those things. And, you know, you can't say I enabled them because I didn't know until this last summer. It's like, come on, that's insincere. It's utter bullshit. And I think the gig is up. So she either has to switch up or this could be the end of the Ellen show. These ratings are not going to allow her to survive for more than this season. Yeah, and at a more superficial kind of like bad person level, it's also just bad TV. Like it wasn't in, like it just was not interesting to watch. And that's the most important thing. We just want good TV. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do it on your TV show, at least make it interesting TV. Well, right. That's why I was rooting for the train wreck. I was rooting for Define Ellen. I wanted to watch the train wreck. Right. She could have just released this quote unquote monologue as an Instagram like statement and it would have had the same effect. So just missed opportunity um, as a professional Hollywood TV show producer. They should have come to me first. Clearly I know how to do it better. And honestly, end of the, it's the end of the Ellen show and we're moving on to the Drew Barrymore show. That is truly a train wreck. If you guys want real (laughs) interesting daytime television, it is all about the Drew Barrymore show. Really? It is unhinged. It is so <laughs> And it's so great. More unhinged than the Tyra show? That, it's too early to tell. Okay. The Tyra show was truly next level. But oh, next level. It's just Drew Barrymore, like, I think, like, just not having a studio audience just adds to it. It's just so hilarious because Drew Barrymore is so crazy. I love her. It's really good. So, honestly, cancel Ellen and move on to Drew Barrymore. We're breaking up with Ellen. And we're moving on to Drew. Speaking of breakups. Set him up! Yes! You're stupid. <laughs> um, the only story that I've cared about in the past week <laughs> is Demi Lovato and her ex-fiance now breaking up. <laughs> but, like, not really ever confirming that they broke up. It's really unclear. Um, How do you pronounce his last name? I have no idea. Eric? Eric? Max Eric, maybe? I've been saying Eric, but now I'm wondering if it's like Erich. Yeah. Um, oh know. my God, you know what it is? Because oh, there was a guy I went to high school with. Her. There was an L in there and it was Ehrlich. Mm. So maybe it's Eric or Eric. Whatever, it doesn't matter. His name is Max. Um, he is like a Days of Our Life. Oh, Young and the Restless. He's on the Young and the Restless, which is daytime soap opera mm-hmm. um and they have been dating apparently and i actually fell in love with him because he's gorgeous um once i found out that they were dating slash they got engaged and she was like posting all these pictures of him and i was like he's so hot so i followed him on instagram and it's been the best instagram follow i've had in so long right because- who do you love more before you uh go deeper into his Instagram, um, which is utterly fascinating. Our listeners should pull it up right now. Who do you love more, Sean Mendez or Max Eric? And who is the better Instagram follow? Because you have long lauded Sean Mendez as an Instagram follow. You say you check his Instagram every other day. I think you even once said that was the only Instagram that you went and checked. 
like you don't check Instagrams, right? You just look in the feed, I'm right. guessing. But you would right. check Sean Mendez's Instagram. So tell me, I would love to hear the update on on that because Max is a new crush, celebrity crush for you. Yeah, well, Sean Mendez hasn't really been posting that much recently, so I kind of forgot about him. But then he came out with a new song last week, so then I kind of remembered him again. But you know, you got to keep a consistent feed if you want people to care. Mm. Um, so I was uh, just based on current events, I'm going to say, and actually just general, um, kind of like chaotic energy. I'm going to go with Max mm-hmm. because it's really been insane. Um, right. Yeah. I've, I, I've actually looked into this. It's insane. Yeah. I like followed, I thirst followed, honestly. I was like, I don't know who he is. I don't know. Like, if, I honestly didn't know if he was an actor, if he was just like a regular person. Um, I obviously follow Demi on Instagram because I love her. So I was just seeing him on her post. And then all of a sudden, and so then he like went and started filming a movie like somewhere in the South. And they were like not together, obviously, because he was like filming the movie. Then all of a sudden, like last week-ish, maybe two weeks ago, um he started posting these like unhinged. I'm just gonna, I'm kind of giving like my, my personal um, experience with this breakup because it hasn't mm-hmm. affected my life for two weeks now. And then I'll kind of like go back and give more like legit details. <laughs> but from a third party, un like affiliated, unbiased viewer, he started posting that they were broken up, but that he didn't know they were broken up. And that the only way he found out that they were broken up was because of tabloids being sent to him about their breakup. So he's posting, like, all these pictures on Instagram. He's, like, posting, like, pictures of, you know, like, the notes app when you, like, write a note. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's a when cla- you know a celebrity is off the rails is when they start posting note app notes. Yeah. The note app notes from, on Instagram of from celebrities is truly when you know things are about to get wild. So he was like, I didn't know. He was like, imagine, I forget the exact quote, but one was like, imagine finding out your relationships over from the tabloids or something. And I was like, what? And then I like obviously deep dived into it. So basically people, the tabloids caught onto it because Demi posted a mirror selfie not wearing her engagement ring. And then he posted that like recent, like right afterwards. And then everyone was like, what's going on? And then he's been posting these really insane crying selfies where he's like literally crying. (laughs) And some have been on his story. Some have been on his actual feed on the main, like on on the fucking main are there forever. They're impossible to delete. It's like a tattoo. Yeah, it's literally a tattoo. And he also posted, like, because he's filming a movie. So I have a theory where the whole thing is, like, a PR plug for his movie. Mm. But he's like, I have to be at work in the morning. There are hundreds of men, women, and children who rely on me for their job. Like, stop messaging me about this. I need to, like, be in the right mental headspace to like, yes, I know exactly which picture you're talking about. <laughs> or you're showing me. I just and showed Rai like, a photo for the listeners out there. <laughs> me seeing a photo for the listeners. <laughs> um, he 
is like posting about how everyone's jobs rely on him and he's like mentally unstable and he needs to be able to wake up in the morning and act. And if he doesn't, then everyone's gonna be disappointed in him. And it was just so insane. And meanwhile, Demi is radio silence, not posting a single thing, like posting like regular things. Um, And then (laughs) he goes on this weird thing where he's like, I love Demetria. Her full name is Demetria. Mm. And he's like, I love Demetria more than anything. Like, please continue to support her and like post all these like songs by her being like, listen to this song and like, listen to this song, but they're like songs from like literally 15 years ago. It's like, we've listened to them already. And he's like, please continue to support her. She means the world to me. I will love her forever. Like just so chaotic and so unhinged. And Demi's like not doing anything. Demi literally today went to a like, sustainable farm in LA and like adopted a pet turkey. It's like so weird. Um and yeah. And then she po- like she her way of responding was being like I'll always have music or something and then she posts or she like released a new song the next day. And by next day I mean literally weeks after all this happened. Um <laughs> And it's called, like, Still Have Me. And it's, like, all about how, like, she's in highs and lows. And, like, my life is shattering around me. But, like, at least I have myself. And it's just so crazy. And, like, they're not really, like, officially announcing anything. It's just all speculation based on their social media posts. I think they made, like, one statement. There was a source that seemed to have made a statement on their behalf to uh, People and E! News. But see, I'm not going, I'm not getting information from a source in this situation because they are posting it on their personal social media accounts. They are the source. They're the first-hand account. We're getting first-hand account sources from them. We don't need a source or a insider or a spy. We just need their Instagram accounts. And holy crap, it has been a whirlwind of a ride. Um... I will say that there was the only um, source that I care about from this was a source in Us Weekly on September 25th said, in the beginning of the relationship, Max was super careful about self-promotion and things with his career. But once they got engaged, he really hit the gas pedal and wanted to make the most out of his career opportunities. He felt more comfortable doing so after they were fiancés and had a little bit more of a leg up. Which, like, I can see that because... Like, I didn't know who he was. I feel like nobody knew who he was until they got engaged. And then he was like, I'm, like, I'm filming a movie and, like, promoting his movie a lot. So that's my theory. So, right. When you were going through all the trials and tribulations with Max Eric, or at least witnessing it, you weren't going through the trials and tribulations. But I was. Right. You were going through your own. Uh, living vicariously through Max's unhinged IG. Were you aware of the revelations about Max on social media? No, but I see those. And because this, I think, is what spurred on the breakup, in my view. What else could it be, really? I mean, the fact that he's self-promoting, I don't know. Well, I think I just, the self-promoting aspect of him 
is deeply intertwined with the revelations. Okay, yeah, true. So, okay, let's get into that. Some account, some fan account, let's see if we have it written here. Um, it Okay, I don't have it written down here, but there was some fan account that exposed him, and then there was even another Instagram account called Pop Faction that exposed him for long, long thirsting after pop stars. Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez. All over social media, uh, Max Eric has posted, you know, things about those pop stars. He even posted something about Demi. Um, in 2010, he posted, ha 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 ha, Selena Gomez and Demi are cute together, but boy, if you think Demi is prettier, you're wrong, all caps. This was on Twitter, December 10th, 2010. So he gets exposed by some fan account. Then a bunch of fans start, you know, sifting through his social media and start exposing him. Um, Like I said, some Instagram account called Pop Faction posts a video of him saying, you guys keep asking, yes, I have a giant crush on Selena Gomez. It's true. Yes. And then the hashtag Max Eric is over party started trending, which happens all the time for celebrities, right? And most of the time, it's a hoax. But in this case, we have the receipts, as they say. Demi Lovato actually responded to these revelations. Did you see this, Rai, when you, since you followed Demi? Um, no, because I don't know when these were coming out. Was it like a few weeks ago? Mid-September. Okay, yeah. So right before everything came to shit. Exactly. So she then posted to her IG stories. This may be why you didn't see it because she may not have had it up for 24 hours. You may not have been like on IG for those 24 hours. Yeah, you know me not going on IG for 24 hours. Very plausible scenario. She said, it's really sad when people fake images to put women against each other. And she said a bunch of other shit. But basically, she was in denial at first. I think ultimately what she came to realize was that he was, like you said, right, a self-promoter. He was trying to get with some pop star to elevate his own fame for a while now. And yeah, he kind of comes across as a creep here, in my view. Yeah, I could see it, like, especially now with how he like really freaking went off the ledge on his Instagram. I could see him being a little bit stalkery. Stalkery. Like I want to say like screws loose. Like there's like, like, I don't know, like a public melt. It was literally a mental breakdown on Instagram and I'm not like shaming him. Like I feel bad. I mean, it sucks. He literally is getting unengaged. Like that's, you know, tough. But, like, to do it that publicly just, like, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Like, no offense, but, like, (laughs) I don't think, like, tabloids were, like, calling him. Like, I think he was, like, kind of fueling the fire on his own Mm -hmm. by posting so much and posting so, dare I say, candidly um, about literally every thought that goes through his mind. And it kind of checks out if he was, like, kind of being weird targeting, I don't want to say targeting, but um, Well, targeting. it seems like he had an agenda, right? He had an agenda. He 
wasn't interested in the the person. He was interested in the concept of dating a superstar. Because what do Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, and Demi Lovato all have in common? He doesn't know them personally, at least at the time. He didn't know them personally. Some of these posts date back, back to like 2010. They were all pop stars. Right, and you could some you could argue some a little bit better and more talented than the others. Miley and Ariana on top, Demi right below, Selena somewhere in the mix. And he did get I mean to strive for to strive for Selena over over Demi is a red flag just from the get-go for me. So, I'm uh I'm not surprised uh Right, his personal rankings were all fucked up from the beginning, right? That's what I'm saying. He kind of, he was backwards from the beginning, so kind of full circle. And like to like kind of hammer in my theory, which is essentially everyone's theory, um, a source for him to Us Weekly said, Max is in shambles about the whole situation. It's been so hard for him because he's in Atlanta and he's trying his best to focus on his film Southern Gospel. It's like, even in the source of like why he's in shambles, they're plugging the movie. And I'm like, dude, we get it. Like, he's fucking filming a movie. Congrats. Well, that's my favorite part about one of his like unhinged confessionals. He goes, imagine finding out about the status of your relationship through a tabloid while you're in the middle of filming a biopic movie about a pastor in a Christian church whose intention of the film is to help people. I love how he weaves in the summary, the plot. The synopsis. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to weave into the synopsis. It's just so messy. I live for it. Um, he is he is such a self-promoter, Rye. I almost wonder if he doesn't even realize he's doing it. It's so ingrained in him. It's so reflexive. Yeah. I just like wanted to hear more about the synopsis. Like, <laughs> you're going to stop there? Um, yeah, it's truly insane. The chaotic energy that he was putting onto the internet this week was, was truly getting me through it. And then, I don't know, just like cherry on top is like Demi has not said one thing about it. Um, like posted the selfie without the ring on her hand just like nonchalantly and then literally has like a 30 minute Instagram story today of her going to like a turkey farm and like helping adopt turkey so that they don't get killed for Thanksgiving or something. I couldn't really pay attention. But But right. Wouldn't you say the old idiom of actions speak louder than words always rings true. Wouldn't you say, or many of the time rings true. Yeah, I would say so. The modern version of that is social media actions speak louder than words. She deleted all of the photos of Max Eric and she unfollowed him on social media. Does she even need to say anything? That speaks for itself. She said all she needs to say and she's honestly almost said too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On September 28th, a source told E! News that she, quote, wants no contact with Max at this point. She is completely embarrassed at the way he's been acting and putting their relationship on blast via social media. She wants nothing to do with him. And I can't blame her because, like, here's the thing. Demi, I love Demi. I've loved her since Camp Rock because I'm a 12-year-old girl. And she's always been semi-private she doesn't like to 
draw attention to herself. The attention is always drawn to herself, obviously. She's gone through a lot of drama. She's gone through a lot of hardships, most of it playing out publicly. People know her every action. People know her, you know, what goes down. I was under the impression that they were pretty pretty private. Oh my God, I just had a stroke. Um, Pretty private (laughs) couple. Like, I didn't even know they were dating until they got engaged. And so it's just, to me, it's a little disrespectful on his end to make it so public, make it so messy without even having talked to her first. And, you know, there's two sides to every story, so we don't know what she was saying or doing on the other end. But it just was... It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing that he acted that way. But I do appreciate it for the content. Oh, my God. No, I'm obviously so happy he acted that way. But that doesn't mean it's less like any less embarrassing. I mean, most of the stuff we fucking talk about on this is embarrassing. So, like... <laughs> We wouldn't be here without people like Max Eric. But I don't blame her for being pissed the heck off. So the latest report from Us Weekly says that Demi is surrounding herself with supporting friends, supportive friends, and, quote, has been acting as though she was never engaged to Max and that their relationship never happened. She is still not speaking to him and fully cut him out, end quote. Is that extreme, Rai, or your support? I mean, I feel like they, like, were kind of a whirlwind relationship. Like, I feel like they didn't date that long, and then they got engaged. And then within mere months of them getting engaged, he was forced to fly off to Atlanta to film his new movie, Southern Gospel, which takes place in a small southern town starring a pastor and his young son. So they didn't really have the time or the chance to, um, to really work on the relationship because he was busy filming a movie in the South. With a limited release starting October 22nd. (laughs) Um, By the way, you're right that they just started dating. They started dating in March. They actually started dating in quarantine. Oh, for the love of Christ. Well, then that was doomed from the start. Their relationship was hardly six months old. I mean, haven't you guys heard our gambling bets on... Couples from quarantine? I mean, get with it. Speaking of gambling bets on couples in quarantine, <laughs> this is a new segment, right? I love introducing new segments, some of which are recurring and some of which never appear again. I think this is a recurring segment, right? I feel like we're going to make it one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm calling this Ben Armis Watch. Do you like that? And I will not repeat it. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> of course, this is where we track the hottest new Hollywood couple, or one of the hottest new Hollywood couples, Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus. I actually just watched a film with Anna Darmus. Knives Out? No, War Dogs. Oh, it sounds like the opposite of a type of movie I would ever want to watch, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. It's with Miles Teller, uh, Jonah uh- Hill. It stars a couple of arms dealers in the South... Trying to be good pastors in a Christian church. (laughs) I do love Miles Teller. I actually have heard of that now that you say Miles Teller. Mm -hmm. He is uh, married to Anna D'Armas in the film. Uh, Unlike real life, where Anna D'Armas is dating Ben Affleck. Uh, You mentioned the Holly Shook uh, gambling segment. Uh, We have a big preview of that on the main. Um, You can get the full exclusive episode on Patreon. 
And that's where we went through all the Vegas odds for celebrity couple breakups. And uh, we both believed that Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas would stay together through January 1st, 2021. Even though Vegas believed that was highly unlikely. They put the odds at plus 600. Which means that they did not believe that Ben and Anna Darmus would stay together. They thought that they were going to break up, basically. Um, so guys are confused about what that means. Don't worry. We did a full podcast about it, and I still don't fully understand what I was talking about the whole time. Right. But point the, being, we want them to survive as a couple. We do. We have a vested interest in them staying together. That's why we are introducing the Ben Armas watch. Um, like I said, Vegas had them staying together at plus 600. That means it's unlikely to happen. If you put $100, you would win $600. We each wagered 300 Holly Bucks on them to stay together. This was all a part of our gambling episode on celebrity couple breakups. Um, so we want them to stay together. Well, the latest news in Ben Armas is good for us, right? Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus are moving in together into Ben's $20 million home that he bought in 2018. He hasn't moved into it until now. But more importantly, in this story, we got some really, really great quotes, for us at least, right? If people are betting on them to break up, I'm sorry. But a source told The Sun, quote, there's a lot of talk that Ben and Anna will make things official soon and that this will serve as their main L.A. home. They spend a ton of time here at the moment, although Anna still has her, uh, has still kept her place in Venice Beach. But they're head over heels in love, and this is for the long term. So their mutual friends are convinced it's just a matter of timing before they are engaged. End quote. Rye, are we about to make a lot of holly bucks? You freaking bet it, bitch. Well, this was just an encouraging update in Ben Armas watch, and uh, we'll keep it going, Rai. We'll keep it going. So, on a personal note, anyone who's listening, um, if you do not support them staying together, shove it up your butts, because we want to win our Holly Bucks back. I almost wonder, Rai, if we should put real bucks on them, if the odds haven't changed. If it's still plus 600, we put a 100 spot on there, we'd win $600. I'd be down, honestly. I could use the money right now, and it's only a hundred bucks, and you can get six hundred bucks for that. Okay, we'll talk about this offline, right? We may have to put a little wager down—a real wager. I, I suddenly know how Vegas odds work when real money's involved. <laughs> I think that was the problem. I think because it was just Holly sh- Holly bucks, which are very real. I just like couldn't get my brain around it. But now that there's real money involved, I'm like. Roll the dice, baby. They're both real money, Rye. Holly bucks are valuable currency. But yes, you're more familiar with the dollars is what you mean to say. I am, I am. I've used a dollar once once or twice. <laughs> Just once or twice. So yeah, we'll keep you updated on Ben Armas. Do you like Ben Armas? I think I invented that. Do other people say that? No, absolutely no one says that. Um, I kind of like it. It also kind of freaks me out because it kind of sounds like Ben Armin. Like, almost, and it just is too close to home. <laughs> Me and Affleck would make a great couple, though. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, you know who 
Let's make a good couple, though. Hey, I love that segue. I think we've segued every time this this episode. That's awesome. Um, another new segment. I love introducing new segments. I think this one could be recurring as well. This one definitely has potential. I will. I will give you that. We're calling it talk show revelations. Any revelation that happens on a talk show fits the criteria for for this segment. In this case, we actually have a talk show host who revealed just this week that she is still having sex a couple of times a week with her husband. Uh, Like Rai teased out, this is uh, a couple that makes a great couple. We've known them for a long time. They had a reality TV show together once upon a time. Did you watch it, Rai? I watched it. Obviously. We all did. I'm talking Sharon Osbourne and Ozzy Osbourne. I also love that in the headline for this article, it... (laughs) <laughs> it was sure to include their ages. Sharon Osbourne, comma, 67, comma, and Ozzy, comma, 60, uh, 71, comma, still have sex a couple of times a week. They rarely add the ages in the headlines, but for this one, they they made sure to because it's a little bit surprising, uh, you know, when a couple, um, you know, reaches that age, still having sex a couple of times a week. Sharon said, quote, we all know Ozzy was way oversexed. That's no secret. He had enough for all. It's getting less. It used to be three times a day, but it's much less now. Let's say a couple of times a week, which is normal in a long, long relationship, end quote. Right. what's your reaction? My reaction is, ew! (laughs) (laughs) There's no way they were having sex three times a day while that show was filming. I mean, they were pretty unhinged and crazy. Not like having sex three times a day is that crazy, but like I wouldn't put it past them. Also, there's like the stigma of like if you're a rock star that you're having sex all the time. Like it's a terrible stigma. And like I kind of get it um, as someone who famously is a rock star, or at least lives the rock star life. Um, no, I'm good for them. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, when do people stop having sex? And like, have I hit that age? <laughs> And apparently I haven't because mm-hmm. I'm not 67 nor am I 71. So there's still hope. When do you think that uh, people stop having sex? What's the age? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It like freaks me out because like I want to say an age, but like I can't even, I can't even talk about this anymore. But Okay, can I tell you something funny, though, related to this? Sure. One time on the uh, IG, we did a shout-out to all the celebrity grandparents because it was, like, Grandparents' Day. Oh, yeah. And there was, like, one of Robert De Niro with, like, a young girl and Robert De Niro now, right? And I think there was one of Paul McCartney, I want to say. Again, with a young child. And... um, Wait, having... Wait... Why are they with young people? Because it was celebrating Grandparents' Day. Oh, my God, because they're grandparents. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. So, but hold on. This is the kicker, though. This is the kicker. It's like way from old people having sex to having young children just really was lost on me. Well, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> and then someone commented, uh, like, Rob, that's not Robert De Niro and Paul McCartney's grandchild. That's their child. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, they're right. And they're like they were like I don't know in their eighties or something. Year old children. 
Yeah, with like young, like young kids, not older kids, like very oh young kids. God. So they must still be, unless they did a different avenue, right? Which is possible, actually. It's very possible, but yeah, but more, more or less possible than more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When do people stop having sex? Can we like get a poll going? <laughs> I don't think people ever stop. I think it's like. I think it's case by case. It's case by case. I also did have a friend, I don't know why they told me that, say recently that, like, nursing homes are, like, the most sex... Like a like, horny place to be? Yeah, it's, like, the most... It's, like, the two places that have the most sex are, like, the Olympic Village and, like, mm-hmm. nursing homes. Same energy. Same energy, very much. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, okay... I don't know. It just freaks me out. I'm like, old people. I love old people and like power to them. But like, I don't know. Sharon Osbourne looks pretty good. I don't even know what 67 means. I have no grasp on age. Like, you're either in your 20s or you're 50. Like, nobody is older than 50 and nobody is like a teenager. And nobody's 30 or 40. You're either in your 20s or you are the age 50. Uh, honestly, yes. Absolutely nobody is in their 40s. I've never met anyone in their 40s. And then, like, to me, 60s is, like, gray hair, cane, walker. Like, that's how I imagine someone in their 60s and older. Right. So, people like Sharon Osborne are 67, and she looks great. I'm like, you are 52. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But she's really 67 and having sex a few times a week. Frankly, Girl. she's having more sex than us. Let's be honest. Yeah, true. And Ozzy, no offense, does not look as good as her. So I'm like, he locked down the right one. He did. He did. Over talking about sex, but what I'm not over talking about is how close to fame I am, which was broadcast today, famously on Twitter.com. So this segment, we've done this segment before. And it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, It's basically when an old revelation comes out in current day times and then we delve into like kind of a time capsule of the past mm-hmm. i think their first oldie but goodie was the glee scandal maybe no the tom- first one was when rob Lowe revealed and that shit about tom like cruise. tom cruise yeah when they were filming the outsiders yeah how tom cruise would do backflips for no reason yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, okay, so this oldie book goodie of today is Perez Hilton reveals that John Mayer made out with him in 2007. Mm-hmm. First off, don't believe that to be true. <laughs> Secondly, kind of jealous if it is true of Perez, not of John. Um, yeah, so everyone knows Perez Hilton as the fucking annoying ass gossip blogger person. And in his new memoir, which nobody asked for, said that in 2007, him um, and John Mayer and Jessica Simpson were at a New York club, and John Mayer almost immediately stuck his tongue down Perez Hilton's throat. Cannot believe that. Like, I just don't believe that. Someone, a pal of Simpson's, told Page Six that there was more to the tale. It was shocking because Perez Hilton and Jessica Simpson were uh, fighting at the time. Perez Hilton used to just fight with people. That was his whole job. And That's still his job. That's the only thing he knows how to do. Fuse. Yeah. I can't wait to get to how I'm involved with this. Um, but everyone said that her friends were horrified by the fact that John Mayer and Perez Hilton kissed, but that she couldn't care less. John couldn't do anything wrong as far as she was concerned. 
she was so head over heels in love. Which I'm like, huh? If, like, my boyfriend just randomly started making out with a guy in front of me, I'd be like, well, I'd be interested in that. But if I was Jessica Simpson, I'd probably be like, wait a second. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, I don't know. I guess it is true if people are saying that Jessica Simpson confirmed it in a way. I'm just like, why? But why who knows? Do- Maybe this pal. Do we trust a pal, Rye? I, I'll trust a pal. It, 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 it seemed nuanced enough of a response that I'll trust it. Okay. In general, I'm not trusting of the pal. I feel like the pal is below the spy for me. It's below the insider, definitely below the source. I'm not mm-hmm. so trusting of the pal. And when I'm looking at my power rankings of people who talk to gossip sites, right? right. Pal is low on the list. And I don't know, a page six columnist calls you asking some leading questions and you're a pal and maybe you just want to feed into the drama. But but I do think this is true. Perez Hilton wrote in the book that um, John Mayer, before making out with him, said, quote, I like to watch gay porn, you know. My favorite porn star is Brent Corrigan. He really turns me on, end quote. That seems oddly specific. Like, I, maybe yeah. Perez could have made it up, but that seems oddly specific. No, it's specific. I believe it. I mean, John Mayer strikes me as someone who watches gay porn. I'm not surprised by this. I'm just, like, annoyed because Press Hilton's like, ugh. And he makes me go, ugh. So I'm mad that John Mayer made out with him and didn't make out with me. This is the Camilla Cabello effect. You got mad at Camilla Cabello because she was making out with Sean Mendez, and now you're mad at Perez Hilton because he made out with John Mayer. You don't like when people make out with people you want to make out with. I mean, am I wrong? Sue me. Um, anyway, so back to how this is about me. Perez Hilton liked my tweet today. <laughs> <laughs> what was the tweet? Okay, well, it's actually kind of pathetic. So he, <laughs> there was like a tweet meme going around the other day about Claudia Conway, Kelly on Conway's daughter. Because uh-huh. she was like exposing bitches on TikTok. And they were like, it was just basically like, uh, like, Claudia Conway could do Watergate, but, like, blah, 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 like, the people who actually expose Watergate. Right, right. Could never use TikTok or something, like, that whole meme. Right, right. So, there's a long-lost myth that is actually true, that Perez Hilton was at the live taping of the season three finale of RuPaul's Drag Race and leaked the winner before this season had even begun. And so then after that, they stopped doing live finales of RuPaul's Drag Race where they announced the winner. They announced the winner later because they didn't want anyone leaking it. So it's all Perez Hilton's fault that we don't get live RuPaul's Drag Race finale announcements. Uh... Nobody cares about this except me. But anyway, I basically tweeted something being like, Claudia Conway could have exposed the RuPaul's Drag Race season three finale winner, but Perez Hilton could never figure out TikTok. And he liked it. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't even tag him or anything. I just typed his name. So then I'm like, okay, that's kind of sad. Do you like search your name on Twitter? He searches his name on Twitter. Yeah, so kind of sketch. But point being... I'm basically John Mayer now because... You made out with Perez Hilton. No, actually, I'm basically Perez Hilton. 
I don't know which one I am. But point is, Perez Hilton randomly liked my tweet about him talking about how he ruined RuPaul's Drag Race. So, yep, basically that's my claim to flame. Flame. Claim to fame. <laughs> well, you're basically one step closer now to making out with John Mayer, is what that, you, went, you meant to that say. Was, that's what you meant to say. That was the point I was going for. Yeah. Um, well, that sums up our celebrity news this week. Yeah. And it was a very long summary, but it was a summary nonetheless. There was a lot to cover this week, right? A lot went down, uh, you know, between the revelations on talk shows, the revelations of 2007 makeouts, apologies, denials, breakups, banarmas. We had it all this week. It was truly a whirlwind of a week, um, and it was an honor to share it with you. Um, Thank you guys for listening. If you guys enjoyed it, you can let us know. You cannot let us know. Don't really care, but... um, we appreciate you guys listening nonetheless. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we hope you join us for the next rundown. Uh, we always love doing these. And, uh, right, should we even plug the Patreon? Why not? Let's plug the Patreon. Sure, let's plug the Patreon. You guys can follow us on Patreon. We did our Gambling Vegas Odds um, episode recently. We did a deep dive into the scandal of Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of fun things on there. We answer your questions sometimes when we feel like it. We're pretty private people, so we sometimes don't feel like it. Um, And we have a lot of good stuff going on there. So if you want to support us more so than you already do, you can find us on www.patreon.com backslash hollyshuck. And you can get some exclusive content on there. And that's where we play pastors at a good Christian church, just trying to do good mm-hmm. to help people. In the early 20s. I'm making up the time frame of that movie, but if it's not in the early 20s, I'm going to be pissed. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.